After losing the first two games of this four-game series with the really talented Mets team, the Giants found a way to win the final two, winning their consecutive games for the first time all season. Help was on the way with Jock Peterson back, and more help is on the way with Hanniger and Slater coming back, and the Giants are going to be a totally different team with those guys on the field. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button if you are watching on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by my favorite new game, Ultimate Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo LOCKED ON, all caps, in the game. And coming up on today's show, the Giants got a couple of very much needed wins against the New York Mets here. After losing the first two and looking bad doing it, the Giants needed a couple wins and they got it. And the first thing that stands out to me is they're getting healthy. And in this game on Sunday, Sunday night baseball, they got Jock Peterson back and it helped that they happened to be facing a right-handed pitcher at the time. And so Peterson gets called up. Elliot Ramos gets sent out, which I thought was kind of interesting because Elliot Ramos is, you know, a right-handed hitter who had been platooning and basically only facing left-handed pitching. And so you call up uh, or activate Jock Peterson and then send down a guy who do- who wasn't really in Elliot Ramos's role. And so it kind of just speaks to how poorly Elliot Ramos has played overall. It's just a continuation of what we saw last year. In the majors this year, Elliot Ramos, nine games only, 27 plate appearances only, but he's hit 192, 222 on base, 269 slugging. In his major league career, it's only 18 games, but there's a reason for that. He just continually struggles. And so they're like, We cannot just keep sending this guy out there. But in the major league career, we're talking 152 average, 204 on base, 196 slugging. It's a 13 weighted runs created plus, meaning close to 90% below average offensively. He's accumulated minus 0.6 fan graphs wins above replacement. So not shocking to see him get sent down. It is disappointing, but it's certainly not shocking. And then when we talk about Jock Peterson, this is a guy who brings something totally different to the table 
uh, in that he just mashes. And right away, he got himself in the middle of everything. He had a big two-out hit in the first inning that gave the Giants a run. I mean, a two-out hit. I believe it was 0-0 still, but they had a guy on either third or second. I think it was third. And just to get that hit, get that run, score first. Not that scoring first has been a great formula for the Giants, but over the course of time, the teams that score first usually win, and that really hasn't worked out so far this year, but I chalk it up to small sample flukiness. But, you know, to compare the numbers, it doesn't take numbers necessarily to show you what you see with your eyes, which is that Jock Peterson is a dangerous bat when there's a right-handed pitcher on the mound. And now for the season, 250 average might not impress you very much. But a 364 on base, his walk rate has been 16%, which is really robust. 528 slugging. It's a 139 weighted runs created plus, meaning about 40% above average offense. Last year, he was at 144, meaning about 44% above average offense. So he's just doing more of the same, just being that dangerous bat. And so it's so big to have him back. Their line, honestly, it makes little sense to me how their lineup against left-handed pitching, just basically whenever there has been a lefty on the mound, the Giants have been shut down. And it happened in, I think it was the second game of the series with Joey Lucchese, who is a lefty who hadn't appeared in a major league game since 2021. And he's done this before to the Giants. He's just not a guy who like throws particularly hard. He, got, he has some zip on his fastball. Even though it's low 90s, it seems to jump and get on hitters quick. So maybe a lot of extension, maybe high spin. But he just absolutely dominated the Giants. And after the game, he said that where he, he said it was the best performance of his career. And that just makes me sick, to be honest. Like just a journeyman guy who's not a star by any means and... It's not just this one time. They The Giants got shut down by Chris Bubich uh, of the Royals, and he didn't come into the season with like great results in his career, certainly. And then like right after this, he goes on to get lit up and then ends up being injured, and I think he needs Tommy John. But like when he faced the Giants, he looked like the best pitcher on planet Earth. And then also Johnny Brito of the Yankees making, I think it was his major league debut, a guy who didn't have a lot of strikeouts in the minors comes up and it just seems sometimes like you just throw the ball anywhere near the, the plate, just throw the ball towards the batter and they're going to just get themselves out. That's what it looks like sometimes with the Giants. And so that's really frustrating, especially when I'm going to sit here and tell you that overall, I think the Giants are an above average offensive team. So why do they go through these stretches where they just look absolutely helpless anything you throw up there they're gonna swing and miss strike out take strike three the strikeouts remain a problem but the main takeaway and point for me is that Peterson coming back helped the lineup but it helped the lineup against right-handed pitching which for whatever reason was so much better they're among the leaders in the league against right-handed pitching and against left-handed pitching they've been literally one of the very worst teams in baseball but that doesn't make any sense to me because you've got guys like some of your best players so far are right-handed hitters like Tyro Estrada and JD Davis so they should be feasting on these lefties and then you add in guys like Wilmer Flores and Darren Ruff 
who and David VR, you know, guys, right-handed hitters, especially with a couple of them like Flores and Ruff, who just have track records of really hitting left-handed pitching. So honestly, I don't think that this lasts, but particularly when you get Mitch Haniger and Austin Slater back, that is just two more guys who are right-handed hitters who hit left-handed pitching. Haniger not being a platoon player, Slater, yes, being a platoon player. Haniger you know, he should just be in the lineup every single day. And so suddenly that lineup against a lefty, I am like going out on a limb here, given how bad they've been against left-handed pitching. I think that their lineup at full strength with Hanniger and Slater back against left-handed pitching is going to be one of the most dangerous lineups in Major League Baseball against a lefty. Yes, I said it, even though like what has transpired so far this year, it sounds crazy. But just up and down the lineup, like I mentioned, all those guys, Estrada, Davis, Flores, Ruff, Haniger, Slater, uh, Bart, you throw in like Conforto as maybe the one lefty in there, David VR, they're going to just be up and down the lineup a threat against a lefty. And their lineup against righties has been just fine. And so anyway, that's how I feel. Guys coming back, it's going to make a huge difference. But who are going to be the casualties on the roster when Slater and Handiger return? Because those guys are in San Francisco. They've returned from Sacramento. They could be activated tonight because guess what? Once again, the Giants are scheduled to face a lefty tonight. And so do we see the season debuts for... Mitch Haniger and Austin Slater tonight, I would be very excited to see it. And hey, maybe they would break out like I'm kind of predicting they should facing a left-handed pitcher at some point soon. So we'll get into all of that in just a minute. But before we do, I want to tell you more about my new favorite game, Ultimate Baseball GM. It's the coolest game I've played in a long time because I dreamed for a long time of becoming a major league general manager. I have since given up on that dream. I'm happy what I'm doing here, but it's still, it's in there inside of me. You know this based on how I talk about the game. Thinking like a GM, managing a team, trying to put together a winner is in my DNA. And I'm able to put those skills to the test with a challenging, realistic, but extremely fun game in ultimate baseball GM. You've got to hire the right coaches and staff, manage team finances, scout and draft players, manage difficult personalities and injuries, navigate your franchise through free agency and all of the ups and downs of a season. And Locked on Giants listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, here we go. We are going to get into, you know, what that lineup, who are the casualties going to be? Who, who's going to get sent down? Because you've got two guys who are on the cusp of being activated. And what is the roster going to look like? What is that lineup going to look like. Maybe I'll make a prediction for tonight's lineup. I also want to get into how I think Tyro Estrada is being slept on. We talk about, you know, a couple of national broadcasts in a row and really they annoy the heck out of me, to be honest. These national broadcasts, Giants are rallying for like 10 minutes and they 
They barely discussed it while it was happening. Instead, we're talking about sticky fingers. We're talking about rosin and sweat and alcohol. It's just like, hello, the Giants are... My God, call the game. I'm sorry, but geez, it just is unlistenable. How is that how we're going to grow the game. It's like, oh, there's a game going on, but nobody's going to talk about it. We're going to talk about everything else but the actual game. Ticks me off, and you're missing... They, not necessarily... No, they were saying, like, who on the who can you get attached to on this team? Is there anyone you can, you can attach to on this team? I think we're sleeping on Tyro Estrada, so I'm going to get to that as well a little bit later. Let's not forget that the Giants play... The New York, excuse me, not the New York, the St. Louis Cardinals tonight at 645. Like I said, Giants facing another lefty, Alex Cobb on the mound for the Giants. And uh, the game is at 645, like I said, and catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Giants. And so anyway, I'm just going to make some predictions about where I guess I think these roster moves will go given that we could have a couple of significant ones made today if two guys get called up we can see two roster moves and it's not entirely obvious who they would be I've got thoughts on a lot of different players here I mean I'm thinking about Blake Sable it's interesting he like saves himself he goes through these big stretches of struggling but then he'll hit a home run Uh, he gets some catcher's interference but then he'll make a nice block. Uh, he had a big hit in the game yesterday. But overall, I mean, my goodness, looking at the numbers, he struck out 43% of the time. He's walked just 2% of the time. He's hitting 205, 255 on base. 409 slugging is impressive given just the 205 batting average. So that's like the one thing he has going for him is that he's hit for some power. I mean, he's got three homers. And he's got nine hits, and three of them are homers, and that's it. No no other extra base hits. But you can't just send down Sable and have Bart as your only catcher. But I do think more and more, Bart is clearly looking like the better option than Blake Sable. And so with Gary Sanchez having an upcoming opt-out in like a week, I think that's another move to look out for. It may be Sable may be running out of time, and it could be that you see a tandem of Joey Bart and Gary Sanchez. And to me that given how Bart is performing better and the strikeout rate is under control, it's only 23% career strikeout rate of 37% small sample, but he, he made a couple of really impressive throws. I think it was in game three of the series kind of game changing, just on the money throws. And so Credit where credit is due. I have nothing against Joey Bart personally. I have been skeptical about his ability to succeed, a lot of which based on the strikeouts. But if he can cut them down, I've always said this, then, you know, and he's got all the pedigree and all that. I'm rooting for the guy. And so credit where it's due. If, if he if he succeeds, I'm going to give him credit. If he struggles, I'm going to point that out. And so I don't think there's anything too controversial there. But I just wanted to mention briefly that. But in terms of, okay, what are we looking at as possible corresponding roster moves if you activate Mitch Hanniger and Austin Slater, both of whom are outfielders? And so looking through the roster, you've got Lamont Wade, obviously not going anywhere. Conforto, not going anywhere. Davis, Peterson, Yastrzemski, Estrada, Crawford, not going anywhere. But 
I mean, he did hit a big three-run homer, but on the season, he's been one of their worst players. If he continues to struggle, it could create an opportunity for somebody. It could be Casey Schmidt, but that we're not there yet. Brett Wisely is on this roster and has been playing center. And so I think as I look through, before I even look at the rest of the guys, Brett Wisely is like the most obvious guy to be optioned. He can be optioned. It's no problem. The two guys coming back are outfielders. Wisely's been playing exclusively outfield. And so he would be the guy for me uh, as number one. But let's say you need two roster spots. So right now they are carrying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 pitchers. So they could go with one fewer pitcher, and that might be what they do. They could go, okay, Tristan Beck, who had a nice debut, or Sean Jelly, who's had some struggles, uh, but they believe in him. Honestly, that might be my best guess, is that if they were to activate Slater and Hanniger tonight, that it would be wisely and either Tristan Beck or Sean Jelly optioned. But... The other possibility, and really the only other possibility, there's okay, there's two more in my opinion. You could DFA Darren Ruff. Unfortunately, he cannot be optioned. I don't like that idea, but it's within the realm of possibility to me. I don't like it at all because I think he is really in a platoon with because JD Davis has like earned everyday playing time at third base. And so he's no longer like that platoon partner at DH he's like your everyday third baseman given how well he's playing and that kind of leaves out David VR who has struggled and so for me a possible move here is to option David VR it might just make more sense you have so many guys who are like long relievers in the bullpen and Tristan Beck and Sean Jelly I guess that's just two right now with Alex Wood going down it kind of shortened it out a little bit but David VR has struggled you could see him optioned given the emergence of J.D. Davis because on any given day, you want Davis at third, you want Estrada at second, Crawford's at short, even though I think maybe that should become more of a platoon situation. And if it is, then it's Estrada at short and VR at second and Davis at third, although Flores could play second base. So again, a versatile roster, it helps because you can kind of there's a lot of different ways you could go and you can make what you think is the best decision. It's not like you only have one choice and that's all you can do. So my best guess is that maybe they go down to 12 pitchers for at least a little while to save them some time, see if David VR can rebound. Uh, I don't think they want to just lose Darren Ruff, but Brett Wisely seems like for sure one of the guys who's going to get sent down when Slater and Hanniger return. And that lineup, like I said, you're going to see Slater. You're going to see, I, I mentioned it already. I just, I really honestly think they should be one of the best teams against left-handed pitching in the game when the year is over, assuming most of these guys stay healthy. It makes no sense that they've been so bad. It does not make sense to me. And honestly, their lineup against right-handed pitching being so good, that doesn't quite make sense to me. With some of the guys who have been banged up, missing Peterson for 10 days, Conforto with the calf, missing several games. Who else are your big lefties? I mean, Wade, with he's been getting on base a lot via the walk, but hasn't hit a ton besides that. Sable hasn't really performed. So it honestly is the opposite of what I would expect. But anyway, coming up in just a minute, I want to turn our attention to... 
Tyra Ostrada, who I just think is being slept on. People mention core pieces, stars, the Giants' lack of stars, lack of core pieces. They mentioned the rare exception of a Logan Webb and a Camilo Duvall. And for whatever reason, Tyro Estrada just doesn't get mentioned. And I think it's a mistake. I think the numbers back it up. And I think I'm going to convince you that Tyro Estrada is very much a core piece for the San Francisco Giants. And he's having one of the best starts to the year in all of Major League Baseball. So we will get into that whole conversation in just a minute. But before we do, this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. This is personal to me right now because honestly, I'm going through this to be candid and and it makes a huge difference and just like if you're going through something and if something happened in the past or whatever just holding on to it inside I do not recommend that and being able to talk things through learn positive coping skills learn how to set boundaries and really just even just getting it out in the open can make a world of difference if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, conveniently, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash LockedOnMLB. This episode is also brought to you by my personal favorite, Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all of the sugar and calories? I try to avoid sugar like all the time. And so there's a lot of protein bars. Pick it up. Looks good. 20 grams of sugar. Can't eat it. Built Bar is different. And it's also the best tasting protein bar out there. So like the perfect combination because it's delicious and you don't have to sacrifice. You don't like you don't you get like a candy bar without the unhealthy profile. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise taste, you've got to try a built Bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. And I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while, ma- while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein in a typical bar. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. We've been talking for years about going to Built. Dot com And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club as well. So head to your nearest Walmart today, head to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter, puff and churro puff. Absolutely delicious and healthy. You can thank me later. All right, as promised, I just want to talk about the breakout that's happening before our eyes that people seemingly don't want to talk about. Maybe a little bit about Logan Webb as well, because he gets mentioned in that conversation. How about Camilo Duvall, who's seemingly turned it around a little bit shaky in his first outing and then 
gave up a walk-off, you know, home run in another outing, but just a dominant ninth inning last night. One, two, three inning, had a couple strikeouts at least. The sinker looking nasty. So Webb and Duvall, I think we all understand that these are like core pieces. They just extended Logan Webb. So we're talking about a guy who's going to be here for the next six seasons after already being here in 19, 20, 2021 and, you know, 2022, my gosh. So he's been here four years and he's going to be here six more. Uh, and Doval is under team control through the 2027 season. And so those are a couple of nice core pieces to have. But why doesn't Tyro Estrada get mentioned? I honestly have no idea. And what has Estrada done this season? All he's done is been a baller. Like he just does everything. And specifically, he's hit the heck out of the ball. I mean, he's hitting 329. He's got a 384 on base percentage. He's got a 532 slugging. It's a 151 weighted runs created plus, which is about 50% above average, which is really, really good. Like I said, last year, Jock Peterson was about 44% above average. So I'm not saying Estrada is going to keep up this pace. In fact, I would confidently say that he will not keep up this pace, but he doesn't have to. You don't have to be 50% above average to be a very good player. And the beauty of Estrada, he's just turned 27 in late February, and he's under team control through the 2026 season. So 23, 24, 25, 26. That's four years of team control. I think he plays a good second base. I maintained this all offseason. Some people are like, oh, he's bad defensively. Well, what you're doing there is you're looking at one metric, defensive run saved. You're seeing that it was like negative 13, and you're saying he's bad. Well, other metrics don't agree. Outs above average doesn't agree. Ultimate zone rating didn't agree. The eye test for me, it was a little kind of hit or miss. He made some, he like clanked some balls that were routine, but he also made difficult plays that were difficult. He made them look easy. And so I I have said over and over, I see no reason why he can't be a good defender. He looks solid at shortstop. So a guy who not only I think can play second base, but can play shortstop. And Brandon Crawford struggling again. I know he did hit a big three-run homer the other day, so that's great. Defensively, Crawford has been their worst player so far. So just seeing troubling signs of decline from Crawford. And then you project forward, there aren't a lot of answers in free agency at the shortstop position next offseason. That's why getting Correa made a lot of sense. I mean, one of the many reasons that made a lot of sense. But if Tyro Estrada can play a good shortstop and just continue to evolve as an offensive player, he is a core foundational piece and deserves to be in the conversation when we're talking about Look, I think he's not at the star level. The guys who he reminds me of, this might sound a little bit crazy, but I think about Jose Ramirez on the Cleveland Guardians, and I think about Andres Jimenez on the Cleveland Guardians. Neither of these players initially were thought, like a big knock on them was like, will they hit for any power ever? And they both had, I don't want to say slow starts to their major league careers, but just kind of whatever starts to their major league careers and then they just started kind of hitting for more power and my goodness they kind of broke out as star players and so I think Estrada 
that's a lofty thing to say. I'm so maybe not quite at that level. Jose Ramirez, one of the best players in baseball, but if Estrada can continue to develop his power stroke, which is something I said all offseason, I thought that he could. He has four homers already in 20 games. He hit 14 last year in 140 games. So the pace, not necessarily that he'll keep up that pace, but he's hitting for power. He's already got four homers and five steals in 20 games. He plays good defense. He runs the bases well. He's just a grinder. He's just a gamer and a grinder. He shows up every day. He's got a great attitude. He has fun. He's relaxed. He's a good teammate. I just, he, someone asked me like, who's your favorite giant? He's in the mix there. I really am a fan of Tyro Estrada. And right now, if you look at projections, he's projected by a lot of these different fan projection systems to hit about 14 additional home runs this year, which would give him 18 on the season. So you're right there at about 20. He's projected to steal about 16 more bases. So we're talking about a 2020 guy, 20 homer, 20 steal guy who can play shortstop and is fast and athletic and runs the bases well. And uh, when you add it all up, he's already produced 1.1 Fangraphs win above replacement. And the projection is for like three more for the rest of the year. So that would put him at a four war season which is an all-star caliber season. It is not a superstar season, but it is certainly an all-star caliber season. And so that's the type of, I mean, that is a projection, which, you know, projections are pretty conservative, notoriously. And so, I don't know, am I promising anything here? No, but just don't sleep on this guy. He's having, he is a good player. He's just a good, well-rounded, all-around player. And someone I want on my team. And by the way, how'd they get him? Farhan Zaidi made a trade with the Yankees. They got him for cash. And so yet another dub for Farhan Zaidi, who got so many guys who are like contributors. J.D. Davis, they got for J.D. Davis and a bunch of other prospects for Darren Ruff. And now they also have Darren Ruff. Like, hello, that what a ridiculously one-sided trade there. Lamont Wade Jr. for Sean Anderson, who I think is now pitching in Japan or Korea or something. And Mike Yastrzemski for, I don't even remember who, Tyler Erb, and who is nowhere to be seen. Alex Dickerson made an impact when he was here. They got him for Franklin Van Herp, who has been, become a nobody. So these guys aren't necessarily stars, but they are major league contributors, and they've gotten them for like next to nothing. And so they deserve credit for that. But Estrada, I mean, he could even make that turn. And again, four more years of team control. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen today. Reminder that the Giants play the St. Louis Cardinals tonight at 6.45 p.m. Giants facing a lefty. Will Slater and Hanniger be back? And what will the corresponding roster moves be if they do? Catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow, hoping to talk about three wins in a row for the Giants, who are 8-13 and 13. Cardinals are only 9-13, and 13 and they're supposed to be a good team. A lot of good teams not having great starts, so maybe the Giants are one of them. 
We'll be back tomorrow to break it down. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.